Moncrief on News Talk. Time for Tell Me Why uh, with Graham Finley. Uh, if you have a question for Graham, as ever, you can send it into afternoon at newstalk.com. Today's question is this Why do people have allergies? And Graham joins us now on News Talk. Afternoon, Graham. Afternoon, Sean. So when you have an allergic reaction to something, is is it your immune system that's that's reacting or what's happening? It is. And I want to put a general health warning, a literal one, on everything I'm about to say. Do not make any choices on the basis of what I say. Um, okay. That's true in life generally, but especially true about medical things. The only thing you should listen to is when I say, ask your GP. All right. With that said, yes, it is. It's the immune, immune response of your body which just overreacts to something, um, often quite fatally um, in the case of anaphylactic shock, which is a whole body shock uh, reaction to what can seem like quite an innocuous thing, like a peanut. So yeah, it's your, your body interprets some substance, which is not harmful to most people, or in fact, isn't really harmful to you, as some kind of pathogen or invader and uh, has the immune reaction, which, which involves you know, inflammation and swelling and, and heat and all those things. And, uh, you know, and, then if, and this ranges from the very mild uh, to the very severe. Uh, and yet, the immune, I mean, I think we're probably all more aware of how powerful um, our immune response is with COVID because that's what's getting people, unfortunately, is a, a massive immune response to, to the virus. So that, that's what's happening with allergies as well. Right, okay, so it's not the peanut per se uh, that threatens your life. It's, it's your reaction to the peanut. Yeah, I mean, I think people have been worried about aflatoxins on peanuts for a while, which is you know, as an actual toxin, but it's not the peanut. I mean, um, everybody can eat peanuts, uh, except for people with, with nut allergies, right? Or, or any, all, you can get um, anaphylactic shock from a variety of things. Um, and you can be allergic to an incredible variety of things. So it's, it's the reaction of the body to it. And, and there are various theories about why people get allergies. I mean, and there's both the sort of, um, you know, personal question and the genetic question about why some people get allergies. And then there's the broader question about why does our species get allergies? Um, you know, why, why did evolution choose us to be like this? <laughs> and, uh, and there are two theories basically about this. One is that our body just gets it wrong and looks, looks at the peanut or looks at the, the mango or the milk. or You can be allergic to water even, uh, which gives you hives because eczema and, and hives are, are also an allergic reaction as well as you know, the kind of things we, we, we think of in terms of allergic reactions, especially the constriction of your throat and having trouble breathing. But um, you know, the, the idea is that your body just gets it wrong. And yeah. um, thinks that it's uh, thinks that it's um, it's a it's a, a toxin of some kind or a, or a, a, maybe a bacterium, and and develops these antibodies against it, which is how they find out whether you have allergies in 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 in, in real life as well. Um, but there's another theory which suggests that in fact your body gets it right, uh, and that things which have are likely to prov- provoke an allergy response mimic the the kinds of uh, chemicals which you find on parasitic worms. Now, parasitic worms are a really bad thing for um, early human beings. You know, it was, it's really very dangerous for your body if you get worms in your liver or your, or your brain or your, your tapeworm or whatever in your gut. Um, and, and so your body really prioritized making sure that it attacked those and, and it didn't wait around to find out how big those worms could get. Um, and now that's a really controversial theory. It's a theory which... Um, and is probably a minority view in the allergy community, but um, but it is there's something to it because uh, a scientist in the 1960s discovered that 
uh, Bridget Ogilvie discovered that parasitic worms actually really did provoke a very profound antibody reaction in people. Um, and, and so they are actually using it as a way of, of treating allergies because it has such a, such a profound, use them, I suppose, the worms, uh, as it has such a profound response. Right. Now, I, I suppose a lot of people listening that, uh, might feel this way. There's, uh, there's a view that the amount of allergies there are or, or the commonness of allergies has increased hugely in, in recent years. Is that true? Uh, and yep. if so, why? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. And in fact, it is true. I, I feel like I should tell you my own allergy journey. Um, you know, I've had lots of allergies since I was a kid, and I got the scratch test, which is this seemingly medieval torture experience where a doctor makes like seven million scratches on your back and then plots out little squares and puts tomatoes and whatever else you could be allergic to into it. It seems cruel to, to do to younger me because I was a kid, and then I got the allergy shots, which are trying to, to sort of really get you used to whatever you're allergic to. And I was allergic to loads of stuff, so I got this real weird personalized cocktail of shots. And it was really an imposition when I was a kid. But, you know, I was really an early adopter in this regard because allergies are shooting up all over the world. Um, certainly since the sort of after the Second World War and the 60s. And there are, uh, and so this is just a real thing. And this is true of very severe allergies, which are like nut allergies and so forth, but just allergies in general, hay fever. Allergies are very common anyway, but they're really, really common among younger people. And, and like so many things, I think people who were gluten intolerant, and if you really are gluten celiac and are intolerant to gluten, it makes you really sick. But people were skeptical that so many people were intolerant to gluten. The same thing happened with allergies. You know, restaurateurs decided that most people's food allergies weren't real food allergies. But that's maybe because the people who developed allergies, younger people, are getting older all the time uh, and going to restaurants. So, um, and there's a lot of questions about this. One is related to the hygiene theory, which is the idea that um, our houses are just too tidy these days. And so we're not being exposed to the kinds, these kinds of environmental factors uh, that we used to be. And I always wondered how someone who was profoundly allergic to animal dander and horses, you know, would have fared in the 19th century <laughs> when that was your transport. It's like, like being allergic to cars now, right? You know, so, um, so that, that's one theory. We're just not exposed as early as, as we used to be. And in fact, people on farms, people in large families, People in poor parts of the world where avoiding, you know, you know, animals is, is harder, all have fewer allergies, right? There's also the question about whether we delay, as, as people, the introduction of things like nuts, which we know, or eggs, which we know in, in provoke allergies in other people. And that delay made it more likely that we would develop this allergic reaction uh, because um, the, the nuts are much more novel and they're acquired later in life. So it's, it's um, you know, there are all sorts of um, interesting theories. Others are that, you know, you get fewer, more allergies as people go farther away from the equator because there's less sunlight and less vitamin D um, and, and so on and so forth. But, um, and then the, finally, there's the exposure to certain kinds of chemicals. Uh, this is something which we're, we're just sort of uncovering what we've done to ourselves over the last few decades with many, many novel chemicals in our life, which we use to clean our super hygienic houses, right? So it could be a whole combination <laughs> of modern life indoors, which has led to us having, you know, our, our immune system, which responded to us living outdoors, right, on the veldt, you know, um, you know, not really identifying things correctly or, or engaging a little too much with, yeah. with the environment we're in now. Though that sounds like there are a lot of theories, but we really don't know. That is true. There's, 
you know, been huge progress on allergies over the last couple hundred years, but we really don't know much at all. We don't even know much about the genetics of it. And so another part of the question was, well, why do I not have allergies, but my daughter does? Or, you know, why does my son not have allergies, but my daughter does and so forth? And and that's because genetics is complicated. You know, um, you know, just because you might have a a predisposition, predisposition towards uh, cancer from your genetics or even a particular cancer doesn't mean you're going to get cancer. And similarly, it's not just genetics anyway. You know, the environment clearly plays a bit of a role. Um, but there does seem to be a tendency for allergies to, to go through families. If both parents are allergic, there's a much ch- stronger chance that you'll be allergic. If one parent's allergic, um, you might you know, be, there's much, it's much more likely that you'll become allergic, but people with no genetic predisposition get allergies and people with it don't. So, and it seems to be a general tendency to be allergic to stuff. It's not that your, your peanut allergy or your allergy to, to, you know, mangoes or whatever uh, is passed on directly. It's, it's more of a tendency to have this reaction. Right. Okay. And, and the, there must also be because, as you know, they say in t- things like lactose uh, being lactose intolerance uh, in Europe, there's different ver- like in, in Mediterranean countries, they're, they're more lactose intolerant, ap- apparently, because their culture, they never really used milk as much as, say, northern Europeans would. Well, that's the thing. Again, you know, the scarcity of that particular exposure can uh, can lead to people, you know, a subset of people having a particular reaction. Now, lactose intolerance is different from a milk allergy. Mm. Lots of people have a milk uh-huh. allergy, but uh, lactose intolerance is the inability to digest lactose. Uh, so, uh, you know, and accordingly, you're intolerant of it. You don't like it either. So, you know, uh, and, and, and there are things you can do about, about lactose intolerance, which, which you can't do with a milk allergy, except to build up a sort of resistance to it. And that's, again, the severe nature of allergies means that it's really, really tricky to detect severe allergies because you don't want to provoke the, aller- the severe allergic reaction in the course of finding out whether people have allergies. And so there are <laughs> blood tests available if you can't go through the scratch test like I did, um, even though the scratch test is the, is the gold standard of, of studying these things. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it, is, it can be sociological, it can be cultural. If you boil peanuts, for example, they're less likely to provoke this reaction, whereas we, in, in our non-boiled peanut culture, if, if that's true, um, roast them generally, mm. right? So, so, so that, you know, that can be a difference. But it really is kind of the luck of the draw, and you really often find out in very, very uh, trying circumstances. And so, again, if you have any worries about this at all, and if you're stung by an animal, or if you have an allergic reaction to a peanut or, or anything else, Go to your doctor and go to the emergency room. Forget about your doctor. Go to the emergency room and call your doctor from the emergency room because you might get a, a secondary reaction uh, in, a, in a few hours, but also the second exposure is often the worst. And they did this. This is a horrible story. On dogs, they, when they first found out about this, they, they injected dogs with sort of bee venom, I think it was. Ah. And um, you know, they gave them a, a small dose, and the dogs you know, had a reaction. Uh, and then a little later, like a week later, they gave them an even smaller dose and the dogs died, right? So it's, um, you've got to be really, really careful with these things. If you show any kind of reaction, you need to, you need to seek help and make sure you know what you're doing. Yeah. Because, um, because that, you know, we're not messing around here. Uh, uh, Graham Finley, Dr. Graham Finley, just not that sort of a doctor. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, as ever, you are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break after that. Women in the Bible. Moncrief. On News Talk.